0: 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that counts. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by campus Chris Moxley, Matt Bruning, Austin Nace all here, and I'm Felix Sharp on an expedited version of tonight's show. We grade your trades. Ohio State has a new quarterback, and a potential quarterback riser at NC State may have to sit for a while. But we start with spring games. This Saturday, it's a huge, huge slate. Ohio State, Arkansas, Clemson, Mississippi State, Michigan, Penn State, Virginia, Wake Forest, Tennessee, North Carolina, USC, Florida State, Texas A&M, Arizona, South Carolina, all on the slate for this weekend. I that I didn't even name all of them. Uh, Austin, we're all, often seeing guys move up and down depth charts in these practices culminating with the spring game. What do you think has the most to gain
1: this weekend? Yeah, I think it's some of the wide receivers in these crowded rooms. Uh, We had a lot of guys graduate this year, go to the NFL, and and the year before, you're looking at schools like, you know, Ohio State's pretty settled, and they don't have everybody there anyway, so we probably won't learn too much for that. I'm interested to see what Carnell Tate does. But if you look at schools like Clemson with the new Uh, supposed passing game. We're going to be interested to see what that looks like. I want to see what Penn State's wide receiver crew looks like, Wake Forest, Tennessee's. But I think the guy that actually has the most to gain is Andre Green Jr. at UNC. Oh, man, was that Chris's answer, too, apparently. I filled in on one of the uh, spring practice reports for Matt this week, and my job was to cover ACC. And so I, I was looking for UNC stuff, and their offensive coordinator says that they basically have four wide receivers that they really trust right now. He'd like to have six. And Andre Green is not in the group of four, but he did say that Green is like the next guy on the other side of that. He's kind of the, the, the 4B or whatever. He, he doesn't quite trust him enough, but he said he's had some flashes. I think if Green continue he has a good spring game, continues that momentum into fall camp and can work himself into that group, I think that would be big for him. I mean, two two years playing second fiddle, not really playing much there, is a killer for any sort of NFL hope that he really has, any sort of value for us that he really has. So I think Andre Green is the guy that really has the most to gain from this weekend and then through the beginning of September here. Chris? You, uh, you seemed a little upset about that answer. You, you feel the same way?
2: I mean, I I was going to name the US, UNC wide receiver room, period, just because I think there's a lot of questions there. Uh, Nate McCollum and Devontae Walker both new. Kobe Pesor, Gavin Blackwell. like There's a lot of pieces there. So that was going to be what I named. But I, but I will pivot, and I will go with the Mississippi State offense.
1: Because you're a pivot, you've got all this knowledge.
2: Yeah, I'll go with the Mississippi State offense. Um, Zach Arnett took over after the tragic passing of Mike Leach, and it's not going to be an air-eight offense. So I think they have a lot to prove in terms of what to expect offensively. Uh, is it going to be an above-average offense? I don't know. So I, you know, I have concerns about that. So I think the spring game might tell us a little bit about what to expect, and also if they're going to be any good. Because I think Will Rogers is more of a product of the air raid than he is being a quality quarterback. But I know some people disagree with that. So he has a lot to prove, the wide receivers. Everyone in that offense has a ton to prove because they were all recruited by Leach to be cogs in that system. So that will be an interesting spring game.
3: Yeah. I want to pick a
0: coach here. Yeah, yeah, I want to pick a coach here. So uh, last week we saw Hugh Freeze kind of deploy his new offense at uh, Auburn. Now, not successfully really because of the weather, but they did run up-tempo. We get the same kind of offensive shift at Clemson with Garrett Riley. And what does his offense look like? Because that's a team that has lacked creativity offensively. Um, they haven't been able to scheme guys open, and their wide receivers have been kind of carbon copies of themselves. I'm interested to see what Cade Klubnick looks like in a revamped offense uh, there at Clemson. And quite frankly, what the running back depth looks like behind Phil Maffa and Will Shipley. I would not expect both of those guys to play very much. But I do want to see who the starting wide receivers are, especially if Adam Randall's not going to be healthy. If this is a Garrett Riley offense, you know, coming from TCU, might be some value here. There might even be some CFF value, maybe. Uh, uh, between whoever the top three are. Of course, we expect Antonio Williams to be to be there. I would expect uh, Bo Collins to be there. If Adam Randall's not healthy, who is that other guy? I really want to know that. So, um, you know, just deploying this new offense there at Clemson, I think is going to be a big deal uh, to see if, I mean, Clemson has been one of these teams that feels like it's a, if, a, a pretender. At least recently, uh, because they haven't been able to get their offense their their act together offensively, and can they do that uh, this season? Well, we start to get answers to that at least here with the spring game. So that's one thing. That's what I'm interested in. That's who I think has a lot to gain.
3: Yeah, I was going to go pretty heavy on the quarterbacks, and Cade was definitely going to be one of them. Again, you just mentioned kind of everything there with the Garrett Riley offense. I want to see what he looks like because we are kind of vaulting him fairly highly based on what we think he can do, especially with what we saw Riley do with Max Dugan. No argument in the fact that Cade Clubnick has more talent than Dugan, so he is one. Penn State, I mean, we know Drew R is going to be the starting quarterback. just like to see what he looks like in this offense, what it looks like if they are going to open it up a little bit more. Uh, Michigan State's an interesting one for me. We have not heard really much about this quarterback battle, except that it's very close between Peyton Thorne, Noah Kim, and Kaden Hauser. I want to see how that plays out. USC selfishly just to see if Malachi Nelson gets on the field. There's been nothing about Miller Moss, who I believe is technically the QB2 right now, behind Caleb Williams. I'd like to see if Malachi Nelson can get on because he has been throwing. It seems like he's fully recovered from, I believe it was a shoulder injury earlier in the offseason. season. Does he actually get out there in the spring game? What does he look like? Uh, so for me, it's and, and Nico as well, Tennessee. We know Joe Milton's going to be the, the guy there with the ones, but how does Nico look? What does he do in the spring game? Those are kind of the the quarterbacks and everything I'm looking forward to watching this weekend.
0: We, we've talked a little bit about this Michigan State offense. Should we be talking about them as much? I mean, do we care if it's Caden Hauser? Do we care if it's Peyton Thorne? I think. I mean, who are these the assets in C2C, in CFF, on Michigan State? It's Keon Coleman. Coleman, yeah. And, and like, who – I I guess, Matthew, I, you've been high on Caden Hauser. Like, do you yeah. think that he has Debbie value? Do you think he's a potential NFL player? I mean, what – I think that Michigan State's offense could be somewhat limiting, and do you think that he could potentially transcend uh, that offense if he
3: is uh, named the starter? I don't know that he transcends the offense, but I think it would be good for Keon Coleman if he was the quarterback compared to Peyton Thorne. He can bring some rushing, but I wouldn't put him up there with like an Avery Johnson or I'm trying to think of some of the guys. who He's more athletic than Arch, but I mean, it's not much more. I just think he would bring a different dynamic to that offense. I did think that he was very good last year. He was, you know, came in and started last year as a 17 year old with, with Michigan State. I feel like there's still a lot of growing for him to do. I liked him as a quarterback. I think he would be better for Michigan State. I don't know. It's Debbie. It's so I would not say he is right now because I, I think he's probably at best like a backup quarterback type. Don't know that I'm not saying that can't change. Debbie, I feel like changes as soon as the wind does. Lately, there's a lot of players. I was I was looking at stuff. You I mean you go back to the 2018, 19 classes and looking at guys that we were drafting in the first round, like Jalen Berger, who is now I don't even know if he's in college football anymore like there were guys that we had super high that did not end up panning out and then guys that came up out of nowhere so I don't want to say that he can't be there right now I would not value him that highly but I think it would be a better thing for Michigan State's offense if he or even maybe Noah Kim because he has been getting a lot of love from the spring practice reports as well if one of them is got because I think we know what Peyton Thorne is and he's not it
1: what's what do we think of Keon Coleman like I don't really know that he's anything special He's Felix big. He's kind of athletic. I, Matt, do you have strong opinions on him? No, I mean, I am
3: I only brought up Keon Coleman because I know Jared Wackerly was looking at him and tweeted out today that he hated when he went to look at his rosters and they were all on Felix's. And I, I know Felix has liked him for like the past year. I, I honestly haven't looked much at him. I paid little to no attention to Michigan State last year, so I, I really have not looked at him.
1: Well, Felix, why do you have him so many places? Like, what's, what's, what's your what's I mean, he was a... Uh, yeah,
3: basketball player,
0: athlete, big. I mean, I've never thought that he is going to be an X wide receiver in the mold of Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase. I do think that he is an NFL player and at the value that I could get him, I might need to sell him now. I didn't realize that that's what that I didn't realize that Jared was talking about that player being on all my rosters, but uh, I, mean, I can I go assume ahead and cash it is
3: I mean, he tweeted, out, he tweeted out that on you, or I don't think he tagged you, and or maybe he did, I don't remember, but he, he tweeted out the tweet about you, and then like 30 seconds later, he tweeted out Keon Coleman because he was talking about watching <laughs> Jaden Reed, so I assume that's who he was talking about.
0: Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, a big athletic guy who's been actually relatively productive last year uh, for Michigan State. I think that he will be an NFL draft pick, and you never really know when, a, when it will just turn on and maybe he'll have one of these explosive seasons. I don't know. I do think that he's he's uh, uh, an NFL player. I don't think that he's going to be a day one, day two, but he's got enough there. And again, this is all about value. I probably took Keon Coleman in right at like at the fourteenth pick in supplemental drafts and freshman draft, fifteenth pick, somewhere around there. So um, all about value. Uh, Austin, we talked about who has the most to gain. I want to know who you think has the most to lose because we're going to see players enter the transfer portal after after Saturday. Texas already had two players today enter the transfer portal. I think that we're going to see more players enter the transfer portal uh, after Saturday and then after next Saturday because there's another wave of spring games. Um,
1: any, anyone in particular that you could see being a loser come Saturday? I, I think the USC wide receiver room, sticking on the wide receiver theme, is one where we're going to have some losers. They have a lot of bodies there. With Addison leaving, nobody that's really proven yet. Some of the freshmen we expect to be impact players, but it's tough to be an impact player day one. Even in a, a Lincoln-Riley offense, in, an, in, a, in a conference that doesn't really play much defense. So I, I think whoever ends up looking bad for USC in this one, and I think they'll try to rotate all of them through pretty – You know, equally to see what they've got, but you think of all the players they have there Brendan Rice, Taj Washington, um, all all of the freshmen. Uh, Michael Jackson is still somehow there. Um, Who else is there? Where's Gary Bryant? He is already in the portal, but I don't know if he he has. Did he not get a
0: landing spot? That is crazy. Now, off the top of my head, he is still currently in in the transfer portal. I believe he's still in the That currently is that's insane to me. That's a very good player, uh, I wonder, Barnabas. If you so, can see any like news about Gary Bryant, I'd love to talk about that later.
1: I wonder if coaches are going to are going to find these guys that enter the portal early to preserve eligibility. I wonder if they're finding that off putting. If you're a coach, don't uh, you kind of have to wonder when the going gets tough if this guy's going to stay around? I mean, I'm not saying that, that that's kind of the boomer take, but what are football coaches largely? boom you know boomer boomer type guys like that's just who they are and there, the, the, there's no the difference between doing possible. it now and doing it later i'm just like saying, doing it now and doing I'm it later is saying, saying. like
2: they're the same thing there's not a big difference you're just being smart if you prefer preserve that eligibility in my
1: opinion just saying
2: all right boomer what is it okay boomer if that's what the uh, gen zers are saying but
1: uh zoomers
2: yeah so I got I got a loser um, besides myself, according to our TikTok comments. Um, I got I actually got a handful. I think the Wake for Wesley Grimes at Wake Forest is a player that I am playing very close attention to because I don't know how it's going to shake out in the wide receiver room, and I think that he's a really good player. So I think Jamal Banks, I think Donovan Green, I think Taylor Moore are all kind of the top three there. I don't know what Grimes' role is going to be. So if he does decide to enter the portal, I think that he could get swooped up by a, another Power 5 program and potentially be an impact player. I just think he was really good. So he's a player that I, I think could be a loser, but also like later down the line a winner if he does decide to transfer out. Um, I, I I think the USC stuff was a good call. I, I want to say that I have no idea what's going to happen with South Carolina's offense. And so like, I think we could have a lot of losers there. Um, but I don't, I just don't know really what to expect with Dell Loggins as their offense coordinator. So I, I think the offense could have a lot to lose players who are locked in and can't transfer against like the Spencer Rattlers of the world. Antoine Wells of the world. If the offense does turn sour again this year, I think that the spring game is probably going to show that. And I think you're going to get at least a glimpse into what the offices could be. So that concerns me a little bit. But I don't know. I I just don't take a lot out of spring games in terms of, like, winners or losers.
3: That's a very good
0: point. Um, By the time we get to the spring game, they've had, what, 10 practices? The majority of movement. The the spring, spring games
3: are usually the 15th practice, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but by the time we get there, the coaches have so much tape on these guys that they kind of know they're just going to show where the, where they are in their development during the spring game. Um, it's They call the, uh, the NC State uh, – they call it a quarterback competition there. It really wasn't a quarterback competition because you could tell that Brendan Armstrong was running with the ones, uh, Ben Finley and MJ Morris, who we'll talk about later. They were clearly rotating with the twos. That's the type of information that we need to get. I think that one potential loser could be Dallin Hayden at Ohio State there in the running back, in the running back room. Because and Matt, you can let us know if this is true. It seems like Chip Tranium has transitioned all the way back yeah, he has. to to run, <sighs> two running backs. Snip snap so, snip snap. I don't I don't know what's going on here. Uh, running back at Arizona state trans transfer portal plays linebacker at Ohio state year one. And he actually did play some, he should have been playing running back late in the season when Travion Henderson, he was, he uh, he was, he was, he was, he 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 didn't
3: get in much. He was supposed to start in the Michigan game, but then got beat up the week of practice. And then went right back to down Hayden who was also beat up.
0: So, you know, Tri- Triptranium offers some explosiveness and size. If he can recapture some of his, his form, his, I guess, freshman year at Arizona State, he's a very interesting player. I don't know that he supplants Mayan Williams, or definitely not Travion Henderson, but, you know, a bigger explosive body, and if he could show something, or if he already has, I know a lot of people picked up Dallin Hayden because of the way he finished the season, thinking that he's next, but it could be Chip Trainum. It could be Triptranium. Who, who's next? So um, that's one thing that I would watch out for uh, for this weekend. Matt, what you got?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stay at Ohio State. And since uh, Austin talked about the USC wide receiver room, I think the Ohio State one is a massive one to watch. I mean, we know that Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers have been getting a lot of love, but that entire 2022 class is still there. I think there's a realistic shot if we don't see anything out of them in the spring game that they all transfer out. And then where do all of those guys go? And then how depleted that leaves the Ohio State wide receiver room as well. A couple, One or two injuries, they could be in some serious trouble. I mean, you you, you do that with – you, sh- you shake your head moxley. But, I mean – Oh, they go from, like, 10, four, five stars to, like –
2: seven no, five I stars mean, if
3: a bunch of those guys transfer out you're looking at it's marvin mecca and julian fleming and then if one of those guys goes down you're, you're counting on a true freshman and carnell tate or probably i, I think it would actually be mm-hmm. one of the rogers or jaden ballard, ballard
2: <sighs> I mean, or the rogers
3: so i, I the think other that five that stars they
2: have coming in i feel like room. it could be it could be a lot worse situation
3: i'm just Maybe. i'm just saying I don't I don't know a lot of a lot of teams that are relying on true freshmen that are hoping to win a lot of games. But I, I do think it's gonna be interesting to see how many of those guys transfer out. I actually don't think Hayden will, because I think he is the guy next year. They have done a piss poor job of recruiting running backs. So I think that room is almost gonna be solely Dallin Hayden's. But I would say a guy that we loved two years ago, who has unfortunately not been able to stay healthy. What does Evan Pryor do? I actually don't believe he's even been back this spring. If Dallin Hayden and Chip Tranum look really good in this spring game, because Henderson and Mayan Williams have not practiced at all the entire spring, does Pryor end up transferring out? He's a guy, I think, good receiver, really good running back. If he's recovered from that AC, I think could be a very interesting piece if he goes somewhere. So he would be the one that I would think transfers out instead of Dallin Hayden. But, I mean, I wouldn't be Hayden, I think, could start at a lot of places. So if he transfers out, you know, the best two, I think he's going to be a really good player.
1: Somebody asked Michael, if you'd prefer Tate or Rogers over Fleming anyway in the chat. What do you think?
3: Right now? No, I would still take Fleming. Fleming can do something that Tate and Rogers can't, and that's stretch the field. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying he's How many than times are we right going to play this Julian Fleming game? i would never said that. Look, I'm not— He's Brian Hartline's guy. He's Brian Hartline's guy. He is Brian Hartline's guy, though. Like, what do you want me to do about it? I'm not Brian Hartline. I can't oh tell God. him to not do it. And Brian Hartline's Julian calling Fle- plays now. God. Like I'm, t- I'm look, I'm just telling you it's gonna be I'm Julien so tired Fleming. of Julian Fleming. I know you are. I don't even you, think I he mean exists. hey, you won your bet over Jared Palmgren last year. Like I look, he's gonna he's gonna get the shot this year. And if he stays healthy, he's gonna be the starter. I mean it has he what, had a shot like the what were the reports last spring? Jaden Ballard was better than Julian Fleming all spring. Yet Julian Fleming started. What have been the reports this spring? Jaden Ballard is setting the world on fire. Him and Kyle McCord have this great connection. Jaden Ballard's going to be running with the twos come week one. It's going to be Julian Fleming. Like I don't know what you want me to say. That's just that's what is what it is. Brian Hartline wants to be right about Julian Fleming. I can guarantee you that he wants to be right. He's going to give him every chance to prove that he is.
2: Brian Hartline. Uh, Brian Hartline, notable petty king. Okay. That.
3: doesn't can't Jalen Ballard stretch the field also he can but he could do it last year and they didn't give they never gave him the shot even when Fleming got went out injured they didn't put Ballard out there it was like oh well here comes Mecca let's go like it's gonna be I it, think it's it, gonna be those two anyways but Fleming there is
0: some precedent for them using a fourth guy to add a different dynamic dynamic because that's exactly what Jameson Williams was for that team he was the fourth guy and when they needed a big play they brought him in uh, to get them that big play, so I, I don't, I can't, I can count on one hand how many big plays I remember from Julian Fleming, and you're calling him a field stretcher. Maybe it's on practice tape or something because
3: that's what they're going to use I, him for. I, I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just letting you guys know what they're going to do. I mean, I have look. I don't have Brian Hartline on speed dial. Be like, hey, bro, why don't you sit him down and play somebody else? He's not. I thought you did. I thought you did. No, I no, you did. no I me and did. Brian you, aren't. You cool should anyway. get him
0: on the show. I'll get. I'll, I'll call him right now. You should get him on the show. You should get him on the show. Got good news, good news and bad news, folks. Which one, which one do you ask for first? If you have good news and bad news, it's always the bad news first, right? Yeah, I always want to be lifted up first. after
3: you let me down.
0: We did, we did, and I think I asked this question on Twitter. I need to go back and see what the results were. We have good news and bad news. The bad news is, is that we are a small startup here. We're a small startup trying to increase our influence. We're not backed by CBS or NBC or Yahoo or anyone. That is. The bad news, the good news is that we have been getting more and more support from people like you. This is a grassroots movement. Um, Nick Penicoff, he wrote a rate and review here recently. Come for the for the prospect talk, but t- stay for the love is blind banter. That's a note, a nod to you, Chris Moxley. And I guess you, Matt, too. You guys with this love and blind stuff. Um, five little ducks ads making college fo- fantasy football less dull. Uh, he says, appreciate the non-stop great content, helps newbies like me improve, keep at it, C2C team. That's the type of support that we need around here. You can do that by commenting on the videos that we post on the YouTube page. You can do that by leaving a five-star rate and review um, so that we can reach more people. You might be the difference between us reaching uh, one other person. Make sure you check out campstacan.com. Obviously, we've got volume pigs. Just an excellent, excellent writer writing from a CFF perspective, but he's got an article on Georgia tight end uh, freshman tight end Lawson Lucky that I recommend that you take a look at if you haven't already read that article at campstacan.com. And then, of course, the podcast feed, uh, Chasing the Natty this week, interview Devontez Walker one of the buzziest names in college football uh, Nate Marquise. and plus we had CFF lists uh, the former and Jared didn't ask him about this uh CFF lists I think that that's his name is the former CEO of source of source magazine which is uh, what would be the it's uh it was a very popular hip-hop magazine in the early 2000s you know so that guy would have bumped elbows with a lot of celebrities. Uh, uh, back in the day, even though Jared didn't talk to him. I don't think, I don't think, I don't know if Jared is capable of having that conversation with him. Maybe we'll have to have uh, him on this show <laughs> so we can have that conversation <laughs> conversation with him. On back to Debbie this week, Tim Alp explains prospect modeling. Go ahead and check that out in Campus Life. Like he's back uh, uh, right now, Austin is back on Campus Life. Uh, and they, Colin and Austin discuss updating. Their rankings and do a few freshman profiles as they always do, and then last week on the official, the officials doing a lot of groundbreaking stuff. Uh, they covered just an introduction to the 2024 class, 2024 class. So check freshman. that out. And is not calling us. All right, nobody from CNN from CBS is calling us. I was going to say CNN. Nobody from CNN is calling us either. Uh, so if it's we are going to grow, it's going to be as a result of grassroots support uh, from folks like you. Matt, um, people are paying attention to the spring practice updates, but are there any nuggets that are, you know, some high-level stuff that you think our audience would want to know?
3: So I'm going to actually let Austin take over here in a second because he's done the latest one. Your boy's been kind of down and out uh, for the past couple days. I have not done uh, a lot of – research uh, on this stuff. The last ones I did was a lot of SEC stuff. Uh, Jackson Dart seems to really have kind of solidified this job. It does not seem like anybody hoping that Spencer Sanders was going to get this seems like that is pretty much over with. It is going to be his job. Going over to Texas A&M, Evan Stewart is back at practice today. I don't know that he'll be playing in the spring game this weekend, uh, but it is definitely good to see him back from the ankle injury. The one thing I do think is interesting, and, and mostly something that Felix talked about last year when he refused to kind of give Quinn Ewers his roses, was... He's throwing Max Johnson out there with the ones a lot and not having Connor Wigman play with the ones which makes no sense to me whatsoever because I would assume if Connor Wigman's going to be your guy you should probably let him get all the reps with the ones but that's next- classic Jimbo though classic Jimbo I know I know but there was two practices in a row. Max Johnson was with the ones the entire time. It does look like, as much as we love Ruben Owens as well, that he is going to be on the second team. He has not cracked the first team at all. I don't know if that goes the whole season, but looks like he's going to be there. He has been returning kicks and punts, though, which I do find interesting. But, Austin, I know you did a bunch of the ACC and independent stuff. Is, is there anything you want to add?
1: Uh, I'm always really interested to hear freshmen that are kind of making a name for themselves so just some names that i highlighted on the show this week Vandravius jacobs the true freshman at florida state and we I, i don't know exactly where everybody had him situated in the crew but i know we had him and Hakeem williams ranked very very closely together pretty much everybody here did Hakeem, obviously the 24 7 compton to julio jones but like if julio jones didn't know how to play football at all. That's kind of Hakeem Williams. Jacob's a little more of the six foot, 180 technician kind of guy. Pretty good athlete still. But Jacob's, they said he just can't stop catching touchdowns in practice. They say basically every time they put him in some sort of 7v7 situation, he just dominates. So I think that's a name to really monitor there. I think from what I've seen, he seems like a value right now in drafts. So he's a guy to be targeting. Um, lucky at Georgia is still a guy. and I, I didn't cover this, but the, the freshman tight end at Georgia sounds like he's really been making a name for himself. And then one other name, very, very deep name. This is a guy you're taking on like the 44th round of a startup or like round 15, maybe of a supplemental draft. Freshman Braylon James, a wide receiver at Notre Dame. They said that they don't really have a field stretcher there, kind of similar problem to Ohio state. And they said, James has been the best guy doing that in practice. He's made a bunch of big plays. He was a low four star this year. We weren't that high on him, but I think we didn't hate him either. So him going there and making a name for himself early in an offense that we think is probably going to be better with probably better quarterback play, I I think he's just a name to kind of write down on your list. And you shouldn't be expecting to start him this year, but down the line, if he can kind of grow, he's an intriguing player. You got to check out all the content around the campus Canton family because
0: the commenters are in the comments talking about Campus life and uh, th- the fact that they want more cooking stuff on you have anything which is, to say, I, Felix? It would publicly? be I listen. It would it would be way I would have to explain a lot of stuff for people to get the inside jokes here. Would you like to you apologize?
3: Gotta...
0: <laughs> apologize? Many people are that. asking this. Wait, Many it wasn't just asking me for an apology. Matthew was there. T- Matthew was there too. What did so, I say? I don't know why.
3: I, I'm... You just asked what they did, and I said they talked about their personal lives and cooking. You asked the question. I just answered it.
0: All right. Let, let me. We have some people listening to us for the first time. One of our podcasts on the Campus Scan podcast feed is Campus Life, usually hosted by Austin and Colin. They always start the show with some personal anecdote story that nobody cares about. It's usually about Colin cooking. Matthew and I co-hosted that show last week, and I we I said we are not I, actually. I just made fun of them, and I think I did talk about what I cooked. I may have made a comment about we come here for the football. And, you know, got they into have. some hot water for making for making those statements. I apologize for nothing. But I wasn't there by myself. Matthew was there, too. so
3: oh, well, uh, I'm getting thrown under the bus here. Well, luckily, I, I we took nothing. shots at both
1: of you guys this week in response. I don't so, listen to our know, content,
3: so that's all right. I, I wouldn't even know. All all right, right, I do Alfred. want to mention really quick, uh, Cedric Alexander, freshman running back from Vanderbilt, has been getting a lot of love, too. I, I know Vanderbilt, not an offense we – Tend to go to when it comes to CFF and everything, but I do think, you know, having a guy who you possibly is going to be a starting running back, and he's not, I don't think, on the trajectory of an NFL back, so you could have him for four years. I do think matters. I mean, Raymond Davis actually had a fairly good CFF season last year. This guy's a little bit more explosive than him, so another name to watch out for.
0: Speaking of Vanderbilt Austin, Jaden McGowan, NFL player, yes or no?
1: It's kind of small. I don't know. It's borderline. He might get drafted just because of his speed. But I, late he he is he is small he is yeah. small but he can do some of the gadgety stuff you want to run jet yeah. Suites to
0: him and that kind of stuff if you liked Rondale Moore and you want a poor man's Rondale Moore there you go um all right uh Matthew Ohio State has a new quarterback commitment in air Nolan I think that yeah. it's so he's a 2024 commitment if we project to 2024. Basically, this time next year, let's say hypothetically that Kyle McCord has this season that we expect he goes to the NFL. You got Devin Brown there, you got Lincoln Kineholtz there and now you have Aaron Nolan here. I, I don't know if you've watched Nolan and can give us um, yeah give us a, a summary of what to expect from this kid and even if we're watching him uh, in the senior season this fall, but what give tell us what to look for.
3: He is your typical Ryan Day quarterback, Uh, outside of the fact that he is a lefty. He is not a a righty like all the other quarterbacks he had, but he is a pocket passer who, to steal C.J. Stroud's line of what he considers himself a ball placement specialist, that is what I think Aaron Nolan can do. He's completed upwards of 68% completion percentage every year. He started as a freshman in high school in Georgia. Last year, I believe, he put up 55 touchdowns in the season, which is the second most overall behind. I can't remember the the player's name. He is not anybody that I can remember. But right behind him is Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, it was Gunnar Stockton. My bad. I don't know why I forgot who that was. Gunnar Stockton is the number one player. Then it is Aaron Nolan followed right behind him, Trevor Lawrence, and then Deshaun Watson. He has put up an incredible amount of stats. He is somewhat mobile but he is not a guy that I would say is going to really beat you with his legs he's going to use that to buy time but he can do that when it comes to the Buckeyes what's going to be interesting is obviously assuming Kyle McCord gets that job this year I still do not believe Devin Brown is going to transfer out which means Devin Brown will have that job when he is a true freshman Devin Brown who many here at the company believe is even better than Kyle McCord, don't see why he wouldn't have as good a season or better than Kyle McCord, which unlikely puts him into the first round moving forward. So then the question becomes, in 2025, is it Lincoln Kynholz now getting his shot for his one year of stardom and going on to the NFL, or does Aaron Nolan get that job? It's going to be intriguing because Lincoln Kynholz is a complete breakaway from anybody Ryan Day has had. Lincoln Kynholz can actually do stuff with his legs. I know Devin Brown's credited for being a little bit more of a rusher. He is not on the scale of a Lincoln Kynholz. I think Aaron Noland and him are fairly close in what they can do rushing. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with those two. But I think he's the perfect fit. I think it was a very smart move. By them to lock him up as well. We saw a lot of schools coming after Jeremiah Smith, the number one rated. I believe he's the number one rated wide receiver in and in, uh, in almost all of the recruiting services. For those of you don't know, Miami was coming hard after Jeremiah Smith and Aaron Nolan. They both play on the same seven verse seven squad or seven v seven squad. Uh, and when they came in and got him, Jeremiah Smith pretty much shut down everybody on Twitter, posting stuff to like, hell no, I'm not going anywhere. Two people who were tweeting at him possibly leaving. I think it was Jaden Davis also was one of the ones tweeting that he was going to try and come after him.
0: Go to Michigan. Well, no, I'm I'm
3: saying Miami. Miami was heavily trying to get him. He did actually take a visit to Florida, I want to say, two weeks ago. So there were a lot of people who were concerned that he might flip. But then when they got Aaron Nolan, it pretty much shut all of that down. So I I think it's a great job by them. He should be a very intriguing quarterback. He's very much in the mold of a C.J. Stroud. So I, I think he's a perfect fit for what Ryan Day wants to do in that offense.
0: As we continue moving forward here, we recognize that, well, the same way Dynasty Fantasy Football covers the upcoming uh, fresh rookie class, we probably need to start covering incoming freshman classes a little bit more so that people understand what their 2024 supplemental draft picks are worth. So as we get these commitments rolling in, we will do just that. All right, I'm ready to get Barnabas in here. Because we I asked for folks in our Discord, if you sign up at campusdecan dot dollars two ninety nine a month or twenty nine ninety nine for the year. Um, you can get in our Discord. I asked for transactions thinking that I would get like one or two people to respond. We had a bunch of people respond and they want us to grade the transactions. So what I'd like to do is have Barnabas read the transactions and then, you know, we'll discuss uh, uh you know who, how they done what whatever. So um, Barnabas, welcome back to the show. Barnabas said last week he's a fact checker on a show that doesn't talk about a lot of facts, doesn't use a lot of facts in its uh, arguments. So that's why he was like, he's out. So we have to start being more factual, Chris Moxley. Um, all right, Barnabas, uh, why don't you give us the first transaction here that, we, uh, that we've got a grade?
4: Yeah. So, uh, you guys want to start with flaming me first. Um, I think that's, I think that's the appropriate way to begin this. Um, so the first transaction is, um, with myself and, uh, one dynasty PJ, um, also from our company. Um, so I sent Jonathan Taylor to PJ for, uh, Michael Trigg, Devin Neal, Troy Franklin, and a marginal amount of fab. Um, and this was mostly to sell a terrible oh no, baby, NFL what style you doing. i my nfl team was terrible and so i was just selling off assets on that side to maybe win college in 2023
3: (laughs) that that's what i think about your trade right there
4: did you did you win the college side no uh i was like fourth i think or something on that side but um i'm making a push for 2023 this year
1: you you know why he asked that right
4: (laughs) oh because you won oh sorry yeah i i
0: Oh, I was just curious about t- t- t-
4: t- 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 yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> So Barnabas gives up Jonathan Taylor and receives tight end Michael Trigg, running back Kansas running back Devin Neal, uh Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin plus some fab. Let's start with you, Matthew. Grade this trade, yeah. and we're gonna grade it for Barnabas on how he
3: did. <laughs> I like you, I'll give you a C plus. But that's not that's not what I want to give you. Friends tell friends the truth, by the way. Just head way. a heads up. A D minus. That's a I would not uh there's not one player you got back I would want at all for John for, for like half of Jonathan Taylor.
0: Uh all right, Mox grade the trade. Ugh. <sighs> oh. Everyone, everyone wants bad. to be nice to Barnabas, but it's it's hard. It's
2: bad. It's bad. It's I. But last year, I like at the time, it was probably a okay deal. I mean, Neil and Frank no, were we all, players. We all made I was fun of him at the time.
1: One. We all made fun of him at the time. As
2: soon as it went I'm trying through, to be nice. Said. I'm trying to be a little bit nice. Um, people are really high on Drake, but, yeah, I think you gave up a little too – or you gave up a two
0: key of a piece. What's the grade, Chris Moxley?
2: Oh, F. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could get out of that.
1: Right. Austin, Austin. All right, here we go. Do Do we need to continue the? I'm, just give it. Just give a grade. You don't have to roast. Look at my face. face. I don't want to do. Okay,
4: so, uh, so so let me let here... me qualify something here. Um, this is a hot take. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to. Uh, what's the word? Dwindle very quickly in the NFL. Um, injuries have been a problem the past couple of years. And, you know, uh, I just. That skill set is good for now, but we haven't seen, I don't think he has the skill set of a consistent running back that's going to be productive for a whole long time because um, he lacks a little bit of some of that, um, uh, the, the power aspects that generally the longevity backs have uh, demonstrated over the years. So that's my qualification here. I, I, my hot take is Jonathan Taylor doesn't last more than another three years maybe. Counterpoint. Even if that were
0: true, his value as is at a certain level right now, and I don't think that you your trade returned value commensurate with with Jonathan Taylor's. I actually like the individual pieces um, that you got for him, but if I'm trading Jonathan Taylor, I think the running backs that I'm trying to get back are Raheem Sanders, Travion Henderson, Nicholas Singleton, um, maybe even Branson Robinson, somebody like that, and so the like the it's a severe downgrade from i don't even know what the main piece is here it's it's a yeah. so um i i guess i'm jumping in here i will give this a i will give i won't give this an f i'm going to give it a d minus because i think that the players that you got the here point the, the NFL- d minus and an F is like one point <laughs> well he got it's not like he traded it for traded jonathan taylor for guys who are not going to be in a in the nfl all three of these guys could be NFL players. I don't think that any of them will have the impact that Jonathan Taylor had, uh, at least in his what, second season, first season, whatever it was. Uh, I don't think ever, any of them will reach the value that Jonathan
1: Taylor had. So um, how, how, how um, good, how, how, let's, let's ask a different question here. Cause I think we all have similar thoughts and we're just all four of us saying the same thing. How good does Devin Neal or Troy mm-hmm. Franklin? Cause I, I think Trigg at this point is kind of a, a bit of a lost cause mm-hmm. in terms of projecting a, a high ceiling outcome how good do devin Neal and troy franklin have to be or what kind of draft capital do they have to be for you in retrospect to look back on this deal and say okay like that actually kind of worked out okay top 40 each is my
4: thought i to be to be perfectly frank the if i if i get top two in this on the college side for this year i i consider that good enough for that trade win and, and like, the other thing I'm about this, with that this trade, yeah.
1: c2c league is that because of the nature of how the league is set up um it, it's single copy college two copy nfl and so you rookie picks are still worth something like if Bijan robinson yeah. is, was not rostered by a team on your side of the league and you have the 101 this year you can take Bijan robinson so in theory, there was also a bottoming out aspect. You can rebuild the team a little bit better. You're not just relying on the guys on your roster to fill things out. I think there's a little more context here. But, I mean, it's still bad. But I, I think there's D- D- think I that am adjusting here. my grade it's- to D-minus.
0: <laughs> it's so, it's it's so exactly. bad that luke in the it's so bad that luke in the chat asked an ethical question he funny. said based on morals should pj even accept that trade all right so let's we are right, we've played barnabas enough we've got a lot of transactions here barnabas what's the next one
4: all right so um i'll just say what the result was because originally this was a trade for picks but um essentially this trade ended up being elijah mitchell for malachi coleman straight
0: and up. who is that who is that who is it from because I, I do want to shout out the folks who responded uh, the who dollarist that
4: um traded uh, elijah mitchell away and received a supplemental pick that ended up becoming malachi coleman
0: malachi coleman an athletic wide receiver they are at nebraska and uh you know the, uh, elijah mitchell a uh, uh, running back who's probably more of a system player than anything else with, with san francisco matthew what do you give that trade
3: I give it a B plus. I mean, I, I don't know that Elijah Mitchell is going to be doing much more in the NFL. He can't stay healthy either. He reroll, get a guy who has some pretty decent upside in Malachi Coleman. So I'll give it a B plus. I'll
2: give Chris. it a B. Yeah, I'll give it a B. I mean, I, I I think I like the dice roll, but I also like having backup running backs on my NFL roster. I think that they can be plug and play. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I think, I think there's both sides to this makes sense
1: yeah b b seems like a pretty good range um and i actually coleman's an acceptable player to take in that range too so i think that you know he didn't reach on the 312 after this boon of a deal for him we're saying b i mean that's that's pretty good i'm actually going to give this an a
0: i don't know if anyone has realized but it's really hard to trade running backs in dynasty or in campus to canton now you can't actually it's just hard to do and so to flip especially a player like elijah mitchell who if he was on you know the saint lou on the la rams or the detroit lions i don't think that we would care as much about him i don't know that he's like a particularly skilled running back he's more well that's who kyle Shanahan picked kyle Shanahan might pick another player in this draft that replaces elijah mitchell so i'm gonna give this an a because you flipped that player at his value for another one that has, you know, p- could potentially have um, uh, uh, even more. So uh, I'm going to give that one an A. Just be- I'm giving that an A because of how difficult it is to trade running backs. All right, Barnabas, what's our next one? And tell us who it's from, who the trade, who the transaction is from.
4: Sure. So uh, this one requires a lot of context, but from Calvo we have Bryce Young for five hundred dollars in a four copy auction league um with context being that uh, arch manning is about to sell for 250 and yeah so in terms of that value would you take bryce young for twice the value of arch manning in a ctc four copies well C2C and he
0: manning. had some players here he said that he would potentially end up with dante moore ruben owen zachariah branch jonte cook and maybe even Jackson Arnold with the money that he got from Bryce Young. So the question is, is you're, you're, you're trading Bryce Young, and you get Dante Moore, Ruben Owens, Zachariah Branch, Jonte Cook, and
3: potentially Jackson Arnold. Matthew, what are you giving that trade for Calvo? Probably a B-plus again. I mean, my big fear with that trade, like I get you're getting a lot of very high-named freshmen that we all like. But not all those guys are unfortunately going to hit and be first-round draft picks. Bryce Young's going to be. So unless your NFL team is just either really good and you don't need the quarterback help, personally, I'm not trading away a quarterback who's getting first-round draft capital, especially when his name is Bryce Young for only $500. It's like I get the people you get, but I would guarantee if you put him on the trading block, you could get a lot more back from him than what you probably just got in the auction. So I'll give it a B because I like the— Amount of players you're going to be able to end up with, so you probably increased your chances of getting multiple hits later on down the road. We are kicking the can way down the road. This is an A, like Dante Moore,
2: Ruben Owens, Zachariah Branch, Jonte Cook, like A, easy A. Uh, I, the only reason I'm not giving it A plus is because of the risk involved, but. There's so much good on that college side that like this is the exact deal that you're going to make for Bryce Young and I don't think Bryce Young is a top five NFL quarterback in fantasy. Like I, I just think he's a little bit limited. I really like Bryce Young. I just don't think you're trading away a Justin Herbert type of player. I think you're trading more of like a, I don't know. It it fluctuates so much. A, A back end closer to a back end quarterback one than like a early on like a top quarterback.
0: And Calvin's actually here in class today, Austin. So I'll give. Uh, let me ask you this: He did not get uh Ruben Owens. He got Jaron Dickey and Deuce Robinson. So take out Ruben Owens. Still good. Still good. Jaron Dickey. Still good. All, all fresh. All freshmen. All freshmen. What grade are you giving it, Austin?
1: Yeah, it's a really good grade. I'm. I'm. Actually, my question is actually, I'm just curious what the league economy is here that you were able to get all those players for five hundred dollars. Um, I, do, I, 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 I auction values are all over the place. I, I find them very, very interesting, um, especially in C2C leagues. Cause I really think like you think people struggle with value when you can assign an actual draft pick value to them, Woo! assign them a dollar value. And these people have are <laughs> headless chickens running around in some of these drafts. It's bad. So I uh, interested, I, I, I need to hear more about this league at some point. Calvo, we'll have, we'll have to chat.
4: Well, it's so what the description included four copy auction. So, uh, if there, I don't know, have you guys ever played in a league where there were more than two copies of a player and, uh, how does that generally change the economy? Uh,
1: the first couple copies usually go for a lot. And then the other ones usually go for a lot less. Once people realize that the first couple went for way too much, my experience, I've never done it on a college side, but I have seen this happen. before. Austin, you didn't give your grade. What's your grade? I give it an A, yeah. I I, I would trade hmm. Bryce Young for that. I mean, it's essentially trading him for like four first-round supplemental picks. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah,
0: I guess I didn't think about it that way. I was, all right, I'll I was going to give it a C because I want more certainty. If I'm if I'm trading a player that has some certainty, and yes, you are getting some very good players. Dante Moore is probably my quarterback one in the freshman class. Uh, I'll give it a I'll upgrade that C to a B minus a b minus um i'm gonna say something controversial here stop it with the multi-copy leagues okay people stop it stop it with the multi-copy leagues all right barnabas and i austin i know that you play in them um I, it's, it, best. It, it's too confusing for me i said
1: you just can't keep up with it i, I thousand percent. yeah it's a
4: me problem it is definitely a big problem barnabas uh give us the next transaction here Alright, uh so we need to congratulate Mr. Reed History for being able to unload Clyde Edwards Alaire here um for a supplemental pick that ended up in Antonio Williams. Oh well, that's an a, a plus. No, that's notes. A, yeah, that's, that's an a, a plus. The teacher and Christmas that's story were plus. Yeah, yeah. plus <laughs> That's an a plus plus
0: plus. I don't even know that we need to go even nope. further on that. One. that Give us the good. next one, Barnabas.
4: Okay, supplemental uh round one pick two. For 2024 supplemental first and seconds.
2: I, I want the 102 side in, in yeah. all of it. In, in, yeah, I, I just, it, there's a lot of risk when you're talking about projecting a pick from a year out. And the average value of a, a pick in the future is about like the 105, 106 when you talk about weighting valuation, um, which is fine. But knowing that I think this class is probably a substantially better quarterback class. Knowing that we have a high-end running back, considered Baxter. I I think that I feel pretty good about having a high-end pick in this class and just locking in value. We may
0: we may not get another quarterback class like this in five years. We we may not.
3: Maybe more. It Um, would so so. It'd be a C for me. I, I. I mean, you don't even know where that first or second game, I mean, you just traded 1-2, what, what if that person ends up winning the league? You just got 1-12, and I'm sorry, but it's early. That 2024 class is, uh, is something, I feel like Chris Moxley would say, this, I don't know, maybe it's an Austin thing, is booty cheeks outside of the wide receiver class. Yeah. It is not good, <laughs> and so you just traded away possibly... At worst, Dante Moore or or, or Malachi Nelson, because the other one's going one, unless Arch does. You're missing out on a top quarterback to possibly get a possibly good wide receiver next year. Like, I that no, I, I would go lower than a C, but at least you're getting two picks, so I'll give you a C. Mox, uh, well, it, I don't
2: know a side. Was received here by Luke. So I'm going to say I want the 102 side. And if he's getting the 102 side, then I'll give it an A. Otherwise, I'll give it a C as well if he's getting the 2024 supplemental.
1: Uh, Austin? Yeah, it's from Luke's home league, which I think it's really cool that Luke has a home league for C2C. I could not round up that many friends that would be interested. Um, I went on their show actually and talked about some of these trades, this one specifically. And what, what were you saying, Felix? Make, saying I have no friends? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> I didn't do that. Wait, I'm not you. Okay. okay. Sorry. I, just, I couldn't hear what you said, but you were very excited to say it. So I know it was crapping on me. Uh, I would never advise trading out of this year in a supplemental draft for next year ever in a billion years. I guess maybe if it's the 112. But I don't think we know enough about next year's class today to put a name to a pick. Like I think my 101 next year is probably going to be Micah Hudson the wide receiver who is not committed yet. I, I realistically he's going to be my top ranked player. But after that I wouldn't feel comfortable putting any sort of specific name to a specific pick. Where with the 102 I'm saying it's either Malachi, Dante Moore or you know, pick your own adventure with your top running back essentially. So like we can put the the name to that pick. So I I, I don't I don't love that strategy.
2: I I would trade the 102 for two supplemental first next year and a second. That is that is my minimum asking price. Because I do think that if you have two picks that definitely gives you a lot more opportunity especially if you just want to trade them but not for not for a single first a uh, year out. Just not enough to to
0: to do it for. Uh a wide in my opinion a wide receiver being the the 101 in the class is a huge red flag. Huge okay. huge red flag. Remember the um, the the Nikhil Harry, the Nikhil Harry class, Nikhil Harry is one on one. Really, really,
1: really good, though. He's really good. Okay, yes, I all right. Agree. I'm, I agree. I'm just but if you
0: don't have a quarterback or a running back that is the clear one on one in a class, whether it be dynasty or in C2C, I think that that's a red flag. We're trying, I mean, Jaden Davis is the quarterback too in this class, at least according to the services. He would be the quarterback, what, seven, eight in in this class? Somewhere around there. Probably in the class? Eight or nine seven. for me. I mean, yeah, somewhere around there. So and he's the quarterback. I don't even know why he has a five uh, five stars. So um I, I'm giving Luke, I'm sorry, I'm giving your trade an F.
1: I'm giving your trade an F well, he got uh, he got Luke, the one Luke acquired so, yeah. the one or two, by the way. So Oh,
3: in that case it's an A plus. My bad. No, you got an A plus then. The other person in your league got a yeah, I, I was trying to be nice and say see. Luke. Luke just had his parent come into
0: the classroom and make an excuse for him and get his get his grade changed. So, all right, Barnabas, what's uh, give us the next uh, transaction here?
4: Uh, last note on that uh, trade picks. You know, not apples to apples, but as the draft analyst, I do have to note most teams in the NFL when they trade a future pick usually consider the future pick a round lower than what it is. So for example, if they trade for a first round pick in 2024 for this upcoming draft, they consider that the same value as a second rounder this year. Just, just an FYI. Um, that's one of those things that uh, analysts like to talk about during draft coverage. And uh, so, so that is something of note. Um, all right. We have a trade from Witty um, in a 14-team league. He says he traded away Cam Ward for ta- Tyler Van Dyke and Elijah Badger.
3: That's this is an easy. Man. It's a B. Oh. I mean, it's like a fair trade, I guess. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke right now probably has a better shot at getting decent draft capital over Cam Ward. So, like, I'm fine with it. I don't, Elijah Badger doesn't really change much for me. Uh, I don't. You're hoping a lot on Shannon Dawson turning Tyler Van Dyke into a fantasy viable asset this year, so. Because I think Cam Ward was was he not Moxley? Like I know he wasn't great, but didn't Jared Palmer recently say they finished? He finishes like a top thirty QB. I I don't. You're hoping yeah, that, I guess top, that Tyler he Van Dyke does like that. QB three or something. Yeah. Um,
2: this is an A for me. I'd much rather have Tyler Van Dyke over Cam Ward and Elijah Batters, just like cherry on top. I think it's the expression. Um, I'm based at certain point where I just don't think Cam Ward is good anymore. Like that like that's that's it like he can't he can't throw the ball deep and when you have an arm like that and you can't utilize it, what what are you as as a player um can he always improve? Yeah, but I think we're in year five and so he needs to make massive strides in this game and i I think Tyler Van Dyke can improve substantially on the year last year with Shannon Dawson, at
1: coordinator so to be Austin to be. I'm not sure if these are franchise altering moves here either way. It's fine. Um I yeah, I, I think Tyler
0: Van Dyke has shown more potential day one, day two NFL draft type throws in his career than than Cam Ward. I'm not writing Cam Ward off just yet. Because he is such a great pocket escape artist he has one trait that could make him an nfl player and he can do you know all the baseball off-platform stuff he just makes decisions that are just in t- just weird and he doesn't throw the ball deep but he does have that one trait can he develop uh in this second year playing in fbs we'll see all right i'm giving it a i don't know what to give it I mean, I I think it's a it's a slight upgrade on Tyler Van Dyke, so I agree with Mox. I'll give it a, I'll I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. All right,
4: Barnabas, what's our next uh, transaction here? So this next one seems like a little bit of a philosophical question. So I'll phrase it in the form of a question: Is five hundred auction dollars on the NFL side worth moving up from three to one in a rookie draft?
3: So you're giving up 500 would... auction dollars and you're one three to move up to one. one?
4: Uh, out of how sure. much
3: How much money? Yeah, that's kind of the question. You know? I, they, not
4: that assuming
3: a $1,000 budget, which most of those usually are, is Bijan there? Do we know? You're
1: let's giving skip up a lot. One. No, let's skip that one. Yeah.
3: There's a, there's a lot of questions there. I don't know how to answer that. Context. So,
4: yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's go with uh let's go with a quick one probably. Uh Brees Hall from Malik Willis and Malik McLean.
3: <laughs> oh, that's an F minus. Shout
4: out
3: to Oh, well, that's Felix's
2: nemesis one. too, who uh That's, who that right. that's right. that's
0: I right. That's right. Nella. Nella going in trading Brees Hall for uh yeah, that's an F. F with multiple minuses. Ah yeah, as he say an F.
1: F- the real minus. funny part yeah. of that is that the rest of these, nobody left like a thing on them, but on his, multiple <laughs> people put the F emoji <laughs> underneath. It. Yes, I did. Yes, they did. <laughs> made, made me laugh that, when but, I saw that
2: part. That must have been like a year ago. Like almost probably to the dot, right?
0: So it has to be. I'm sorry, Nelly. Uh, I okay, asked okay, for I recent transactions yeah. too, but
4: all right, what's our next one, Barnabas? Let's let's be more realistic here and talk about uh, evaluations here. So, um, uh, so the next trade I want to talk about here is from Dunsey, and he says that he acquired Will Levis for Trey Lance. So, uh, is how <laughs> how are we evaluating Trey Lance's potential as a future starter, and is Will Levis going to be any sort of productive in the NFL?
3: I mean, I'll give it a B minus. I mean, the one thing you can say about, look, I'm not a fan of Will Levis either. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. I know you don't think so, Felix, but he's going to end up being a first-round draft pick, which then at this point Trey moment, Lance was a first-round draft pick. He was, and then he's not been able to do anything, which then overall will give Will Levis more value than Trey Lance right now. So you get a player with more value, then you turn around and flip him because you know what? In every league, there's someone who thinks Will Levis is the next Josh Allen. So you just then turn around and flip Will Levis. You're not going to be able to get anything for Trey Lance. I think everybody is clouded in what Trey Lance used to be. He is not that anymore. He's not even going to start this year for San Francisco. He is now a backup quarterback. At least Will Levis is coming in with first-round draft capital, and depending on where he goes is going to be considered a starting quarterback. Whether we like that or not, that is the truth of the matter. Like, I, I don't think Will Leves is a good quarterback either. I don't want him on my team. But he has more value right now than Trey Lance does, so
1: I'll give it a B minus. I B-. I don't know. this. I never hear anybody talk about this, and I'm not really sure why. He had a horrific leg injury as a guy that relies a lot on his legs. I don't know why people just assume that he's going to come back and be normal, like, this year. That n- makes no sense to me. I think he's a huge sell right now. I think this is actually a slam dunk for the Levis side. I I would uh, yeah. rather just try to take you know another player of his caliber and just hope that it works out this time. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not Trey Lance's fault. Is like snapped, but I mean, it's the it's it's what happened, and we gotta be honest with ourselves. I mean, Dak was kind of a runner. Remember how hesitant he was to run that first year back, and he still doesn't do it as much. And Dak yeah. was way less reliant on his legs than Trey Lance That from what we've seen so far. I, I don't know why anybody would be buying Trey Lance today. I think that's the stupidest thing that you could possibly acquire, player that you could acquire in any league at any level right now. It's terrible.
0: I was actually going to say I'm buying uh, Trey Lance, yeah. but you're you're not from a skill position perspective, Austin. You're saying from an injury perspective
1: that it's e- not... Even, a- even if Trey Lance ends up r- r- correcting it and being really good, what we think he is, it's probably not going to be this year, so why are you buying him now? His value will go lower than it is today, folks. I can yeah. break it to you. It the, will. The thing you have
3: to look at with Trey Lance is... Even when he was in the NFL, he wasn't ne- – not his fault. He's only – he's had a very small sample size, right? Like, I'm not trying to say he's got an entire year. He played in, what, two games, I believe? And he wasn't particularly good in either one of those games. And you've got the general manager and John Lynch. Look, Mox, you can throw your hands up all you want. He was not good in those two games. And when your general manager comes out and says, I did not want him, that was the head coach and that Brock Purdy's going to be our starter, why are you valuing this guy over a guy who's going to be a starting quarterback? I, for the record, I would rather
2: have Will Levis. I just, I the the biggest issue with Trey Lance is, is the injury, in, in my opinion, as, as well. I just, I would just rather take the guy who's going to go. I thought I was going to sneeze in the first round.
0: Did you just yawn on, on, on our on? No, I thought where? I was about are to. Are we I was about you, to Chris sneeze.
2: No, I was about to sneeze, and you know, you do the thing where like you put your. Your um no.
0: finger, the cartoon under your nose thing, the turns. cartoon. Yeah, thing? did you get that from well, cartoons? Per- like, I, I don't know the, if that actually if it, works.
2: If it works, does it matter? And it just worked. So, no, I did not sneeze. I did not yawn. Um, but I was I was about to sneeze, and uh yes, I prefer Will Levis to Trey Lance. That is the if I'm a Trey Lance, if I'm someone who has Trey Lance on my team, like that's the type of move that I want to make. Just the shift assets around to like insulate just a little bit of value, and I I have lights pretty much everywhere. So like, if anyone would like to offer me one of these trades, I would gladly <laughs> gladly do it. All
0: right, I did you give your grade, Mox? Did you give your actual grade? We're supposed to say the grade. Sorry, B plus. B plus. All right, I'm. I uh, you you know you all have convinced me. You all have convinced me. I think I'm.
3: I'll man. It's just I don't like Will Levis at all. I don't think I don't any like of us do at all. No. <laughs> none mm-hmm. of the four actually. And let me take it back. None of the five of us on the screen like Will Levis. There is not one person here who thinks he's that talented. And I don't think that you, I think that he could have a Zach Wilson like precipitous
0: decline even after he's drafted. So that's, that's like, you better, if you acquire him, I would be trying to trade Will Levis as soon as, as soon as I acquire. This is the type of trade where I would try to trade Will Levis for, you know, if I could get the 104 and hope that one of those three quarterbacks falls. You can't, you can't do it. I don't think so. (laughs) You're telling me you can't trade Will Levis for a first round supplemental pick? This is also. Oh, man. Uh, oh, a first round supplemental? He's I thought a,
2: you meant like he's an a a NFL a... pick.
0: Yes. No, you can no, no. Will Levis a first without, round. Sure. Yeah. If you, can you trade. I'm saying, can you trade Will Levis for the 104 in a supplemental pick? I don't know. Can you, know you trade Will Levis for probably... Arch Manning? That's. I would do that in a heartbeat. I would do that in a heartbeat. I don't know if you can, though. We should. uh. We should ask that question on Twitter. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to post it at the on campus again. Who would you rather have, Will Levis or or, or Arch Manning? All right, uh, I'm going to give it a. Uh, I didn't grade. I'm going to give it a B. Uh, a B on that one. What's our next one, Barnabas?
4: All right, let's wrap it up with this. Uh, Nick Fair, Faribault, is that who it is? Um, said that he received Farley. Derek. Sorry,
1: it's Nick Farley. Sorry not nick Farris. farley
4: yeah oh, okay sorry nick farley uh received derek Carr, rashad bateman and a supplemental third round pick for xavier worthy mario williams and michael pennix discuss
3: hmm. that's interesting uh that's i will give great, right? that a b plus i don't think that he gave up Anybody, Xavier Worthy, I guess, depending on how you value him. I mean, I know Felix likes Michael Penix. I still have some serious concerns about where he's going to be drafted, not necessarily because of talent. We hear all over the place about his medical stuff, and we saw that that you know shot a guy like Sam Howell all the way down to the fifth round. That was just a shoulder injury, and we're talking about shoulders and knees for Michael Penix. I, I don't know that he's going to get drafted in the first round. You get Derek Carr, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints, Rashad Bateman. You know, I don't know that he necessarily got nuked because of Odell. That some people do. And if you get a, if you get a Malachi Coleman at three eleven, like someone did earlier, to me that's a win for you overall. So I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B. Um, you know, I I have
2: I like Derek Carr a little bit. Uh, I don't really care for Mario Williams. I'm very down on Xavier Worthy. Uh, I think Carr plus Bateman is a nice value, even though you're probably giving up Michael Penix who. Is going to be a top five quarterback on the CFF side, which makes me a little bit hesitant. But you know that's that it's a B. Um, I don't think Penix is anything at the NFL level. Just like Matt said, too many too many injuries that have stacked up over time.
0: Uh, Carson Strong, number two here. I mean, I think he's more talented than Carson Strong, but his injuries may really affect his draft stock. What do you got, Uh, uh, Austin? Where are you giving it? Yeah,
1: B. Same reasons.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's a very high B plus for me, like an 89, because um, you get a starting quarterback and a wide receiver that still, I mean, we've seen wide receivers break out late in Rashad Bateman. Uh, Now, I had some questions about Rashad Bateman's ability to translate to the NFL, especially when he landed with the Ravens, but uh, I'm going to give this a very, very high B. Um, We... Well, we're, we're going kind of long here. So, all right, let's Barnabas. What about mistakes? How did we do tonight?
4: Uh, we did. Okay. I, I think I made some mistakes here, but that's okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about Gary Bryant real quick. Um, latest news that I found on him was that he is making his decision in May. Um, he had visits to Miami, Texas, A&M, Oregon, UCLA, and Arizona. Although, uh, Miami kind of, uh, had one of those uh, mutual lack of interest, um, and so they they've just kind of fallen off the list. UCLA would never seemed really to gain any footing. So right now it's a three team race between Texas A and M, Oregon, and Arizona, uh, with a decision looming after the draft NFL draft in May.
1: You literally won't play any of those places. No, you literally won't play any of those places.
4: I'm just so. reporting what the news has said. I don't know. Amazing. Bowling right. Green
1: wide
2: receiver
0: Gary Bright.
4: coach scott with one t leffler's
0: coach scott with one t leffler there at bowling green Uh, make sure you check out the content around the campus to canton family that includes the website the youtube page and the podcast feed go ahead and like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already we really appreciate the support that we received and austin tells me uh, that the support all around the the, uh, the CWC family has been up, so we appreciate it. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Cur- Kerb Street; we ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning, Chris Moxley, Austin Nace, and Barnabas Lee, I'm Felix Sharp. Good
4: night and good luck.